Welcome to the Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm. Here are your hosts, experienced lawyers, writers, and entrepreneurs, Heidi Alexander and Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to a new episode of the Legal Toolkit here on the Legal Talk Network. I'm your host, Heidi Alexander. I'm also a law practice advisor with Massachusetts LOMAP. LOMAP provides free and confidential law practice management consulting services to Massachusetts attorneys. For more information on LOMAP's offerings, you can visit our website at masslomap.org. And for those Jared Korea fans out there, don't fret. Your longtime host has not abandoned you. He's just taking a little rest for now, and he'll be with you after the break. So both Jared and I will be here on the Legal Toolkit each month with a new tool to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. This episode of the Legal Toolkit is no different. Today, we are going to talk about building your internet brand and law firm websites. If after you listen to this podcast, you would like to learn even more about how to market your practice, you should join us, join Mass Lomap for our annual supermarketing conference. You could either participate in person in Boston or by webcast from the comfort of your home or office. So if you'd like to register or would like more information, including an agenda, uh, please visit www.lunchourlegalmarketing.com. That's www.lunchourlegalmarketing.com. So today we've got Jeff Lance. Jeff Lance is the founder and CEO of Esquire Interactive LLC, which specializes in website development, branding, and internet marketing for law firms and attorneys. Jeff was a practicing attorney for over 12 years in both private practice and as corporate counsel before becoming an internet entrepreneur. There, he founded a number of internet companies before forming Esquire Interactive. Jeff has authored two outstanding books, and I can say that because I've read both of them, and they're sitting right in front of me on my desk here. His first book was The Essential Attorney Handbook for Internet Marketing, Search Engine Optimization, and Website Development Management. This book is the Bible for building law firm websites. And more recently, Jeff authored a book called Internet Branding for Lawyers, which was published by the ABA Law Practice Management section. Jeff clearly has a wealth of experience and knowledge to share, and that is why we've invited him here today. So welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks, Heidi. It's a pleasure to be on the program, and and thanks so much about the kind words about the books. I, I meant every one of them. So let's start off with the basics here. Jeff, since you've written a book entitled Internet Branding for Lawyers, can you help explain to our listeners what you mean by internet branding? Sure. Um, When people hear the term brand, a lot of times they think about a brand being a logo. And a logo really is is one portion of a brand, but it's not really the significant portion of a brand. And so part of the book is really about, you know, explaining what a brand is. Um, A lot of times when in the law firm context, when someone says we need a brand for our law firm, typically the process is, well, let's go hire someone to, to develop a logo 
And then a lot of times the logo is basically the result of something that collectively the partners like. But a, a brand really is much more than a logo. And for law firms, what I would suggest is that they think of a brand as being unique and intangible ways in which services are delivered, as well as the tangible and intangible ways of conveying these aspects. Uh, the goal of branding then is to develop new clients by positively differentiating a law firm from its competitors so that the firm will be seen by its targeted clientele as their clear choice for their legal needs. So branding really is more than just, again, than simply having a logo developed. It's really an overall process that begins by defining the firm. And the process really, the branding process really starts with focusing, first of all, on who the clients are that the firm um, intends to serve. In other words, the firm's targeted clients, as well as how the firm serves these clients. When um, these aspects are determined, the next aspect really is to come up with a way of differentiating the firm in terms of being able to clearly show to the public how the firm is different from the firm's competitors. And once the ideas and everything are written down about exactly, you know, who the firm is, types of services they, that they offer, then the final process really is to develop um, not only the collateral, like a logo and business cards and things like that that are tangible, but more importantly these days, to develop a website that clearly conveys through imaging and messaging about how the firm is different from its competitors. That's great. Um, and, and I really like that piece on uh, the fact that your, your brand is more, more than just a logo, uh, because I, I think that's a fairly common misconception. So you, you started to touch upon this, um, but you know, can you tell us why, why you believe internet branding is an important concept in today's market? And, and what I mean by that is, you know, what do you say to those attorneys who swear they don't need an internet presence because all of their business come from comes from referrals? You know, we hear this all the time. Yeah, that's a great question, Heidi. It, I think there's a fallacy out there among attorneys that get all their clients uh, directly as a result of referrals. And the fallacy really is this. Attorneys um, sometimes think that every time that a client or a potential client is referred to them, that client will call them up and they probably know based upon experience maybe that every time that a potential client a potential client calls them up, maybe 90% of that time that that person actually becomes uh, an actual firm client. Um, the reality, though, is a little bit different. The reality is that uh, if a potential client gets a referral to a particular law firm by, I don't know, by another attorney or someone else, that potential client may have gotten a referral not only to one attorney's firm, but maybe to several attorney's firms. So I think if we kind of step back and place ourselves into the, um, the shoes of the potential client and imagine that we've gotten a referral to a, an attorney, probably what our next step is going to be is that we're going to go on the internet and try to look up and find out information about the attorneys to whom we've been referred. Um, we'll probably want to look at their website. Maybe they have another internet presence like LinkedIn or some other social media. But really what we want is we want to go to the, you know, find out information about the attorney and see, you know, what the attorney is all about to make sure that that attorney we think will be right for our legal needs. Um, so what happens then when these things uh, go on 
if, if we're doing this and we're looking and an attorney that we've been referred to doesn't have a presence, but maybe two or three other attorneys that we have been referred to do have a presence, and especially if they have a good internet presence, we're likely to give them a call rather than the attorney to whom we've been referred that doesn't have the website. And so I think it really comes down to this. At the end of the day, even for attorneys that get all the work for referrals, um, nobody's really going to call them up and say, hey, you know, so-and-so referred um, you to me, but I went on the internet and I couldn't, you didn't have a website and I couldn't find out any information about you. So I decided to call somebody else um, to whom I was referred. The, those are great points, Jeff. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that that based on that, we've convinced all of our listeners that they need to not only create a brand, but create an internet presence for themselves. So how then do you advise attorneys on how to build a brand and then how to use the internet to sell that brand? Well, here's one sort of simple way of doing this. Um, One of the things that you can do is to create two lists. On the first list, write down very clearly on not only who your targeted clientele are, but write down aspects about them, you know, whether they have a particular demographic, uh, what types of things that they're looking for, write down the things that you think are going to be the most concerned to them in terms of, of choosing and hiring a lawyer. Um, it may be fees, it may be proximity, it may be all kinds of different things. But develop this first list. Don't think about necessarily what you want to tell them about you, but just think about what they want to know from you in terms of making the, um, the decision. And then create a second list. And the second list can be a list of who your primary competitors are. Write down some, what you believe to be the public perceptions about um, that, that people in the community have about these other law firms. And, and try not to be biased you know, based upon your personal knowledge of the attorneys. And I think once you have these two lists, If you take a look at the first list, which are basically the client concerns and the things that our clients are looking for, and you compare that up against the um, list of who your competitors are and the types of messages that they put out to the public, I think you're probably likely going to find that there's a lot of things that the clients are really looking for, but your competitors aren't doing a good job in terms of addressing these particular concerns. And once you get to that process, then it becomes um, a lot easier in terms of identifying a brand that not only will speak to uh, the the targeted clients that you have, but also a brand that's going to differentiate you and your firm from your competitors. Those are great practical tips. Thanks, Jeff. Um, Let's let's move on to to websites uh, because I know I know that's a focus of uh, you know of both of your books. Um, So you talk about website uh, web 2.0 versus the web 1.0. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what makes a web 2.0 website? Sure. Um, Part of this is sort of the, you know what, when you see it test, but just to be maybe a little bit more specific, um, if we think back on what websites look like, perhaps like 10 years ago, a lot of times, the websites tended to be very, very dark. A lot of times they might have like maybe really dark, dark blue backgrounds. Uh, They tend to have lots of text, especially lots of text on the homepage. 
Um, in addition to the backgrounds, there's usually a lot of color aspects involved. Um, there's a lot of different elements on, on the website. Uh, the text, a lot of times, is in a serif-type font. Um, Web 2.0 really is, is very different from that. If you look at the Web 2.0 websites, they typically uh, have a white or a very light-colored background. They make um, a lot of use of imagery and very, very large messages. If you think about what um, the cover of a magazine ad might look like, or if you think of like even an ad like uh, like a magazine ad for an Apple iPad, they're very you know white backgrounds with very big images and very little text, but the text is really focused on the messages. And um, if you, if we look at the e-commerce sites, for instance, like BestBuy.com, Target.com, and a lot of the other ones we'll notice a lot of things that they have in common. Almost all of them have white backgrounds and they have very simple design elements. And the reason that they do that is because those are the most effective in terms of getting users to focus on the messages rather than focusing on the sort of extraneous design elements. So Web 2.0 really is all about trying to create resonation through simple design elements, large imagery, and large messages and everything, rather than having um, lots of text trying to explain, you know, in the case of a law firm, why one law firm is better than another. I, I, I like that, that association with Apple and Apple products because they, they've done a fantastic job marketing. And uh, I'm I'm always trying to encourage people to my, buy uh, Apple products because I I love them myself. Uh, but but thanks so much, Jeff. Uh, so you know we've only really covered the tip of the iceberg here when it comes to law firm websites, and and there's so much more that we want to know. But for now, let's take a quick break, and then when we return, we'll squeeze even more great information out of Jeff Lance. So this is normally the space in our show where we offer words from our sponsors. And this potentially represents a unique opportunity for you. The Legal Toolkit is seeking sponsors. You could hear your very own advertisement right here. If you're interested, you should contact the team at Logical at info at logical.com. And that is spelled L-A-W-G-I-C-A-L. All right. Welcome back to the second half of our program. It's old Jared Correa again. Heidi's been at the helm this week. I just woke up from my nap. I'm refreshed, ready for this segment. And as you know, if you've listened to this show for a while, in addition to casting these pods, I am the Senior Law Practice Advisor at LOMAP. Once again now, we're joined today by Jeff Lance, CEO of Esquire Interactive. All right, Jeff, so let's get back into it. Uh, Before the break, you were talking to Heidi about law firm websites. In your book, you talk about a concept called the client-centered website. So what do you mean by that, and why is that important? The client-centered website really is a different approach in terms of developing a website and communicating information. And what I call the traditional website that's, um, that has historically been used by most law firms is really written on highlighting the things that the, that the lawyers think that clients want to know mm. about them. and these things tend to be um, things that kind of impress other lawyers, maybe <laughs> things like educational accomplishments, you know, awards that attorneys have won in law school 20 years ago, mm-hmm. um, lists of speaking engagements, 
um, publications, and a lot of things like that. And that's really, you know, in most cases, those things really aren't the most important things that clients really want to know when they're making a decision about which law firm to hire. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead, what clients are really concerned with is things like, how are you going to help them? How are you going to serve their legal needs? Are your fees going to be reasonable? Can they trust you with their legal matter? Um, These are the types of things that clients are really looking for sort of first and foremost. And so in the client, what I call the client-centered website, is really, it's not that you omit education and awards and things like that, but you really want to de-emphasize those in most cases. And instead, what you want to do for the client-centered website is you want to reformulate your website first and foremost, and especially on the homepage, around the areas that are going to be the most concerned of clients and focus on how you're going to um, help them in these areas rather than the website being just all about you. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I never came across a client when I was in practice who ever uh, subscribed to any of the uh, law journals or reviews I wrote for. So it's a good point. Um, so let's move on here. You know, nowadays, it seems like there are a lot of law firm websites out there that look kind of the same, like they're just cookie cutter templates. So how can attorneys use your client-centered website approach to differentiate themselves from their competitors? Well, um, a couple of things that they want to do, and part of this gets back to the internet branding aspect, which is to, first of all, really use your your knowledge of your clients and everything and your understanding about the key concerns to them and write down and make a list of what these things are. Once you have this particular list, then you can take the list and start developing the content around your website and, and again, particularly your homepage. Um, it's really important to focus on these types of things. Um, In addition to differentiating um, your your law firm website from your competitors, you know, one of the the things to do that is is always a good idea is to take a look at what your law firm competitors are doing. And a lot of times they may be focusing, again, on things like, you know, their academic accomplishments or other things that may not be of, of real interest. So, when you go through, what I would encourage lawyers to do is go through the branding process and really figure out exactly what your firm is, who you serve, and how you go about providing the services. And then this next step, take it, take it one part farther and go ahead and write uh, what your clients are seeking to uh, find out when they go to your website. Yeah, that, that, that's a great method. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the homepage, which you've addressed uh, somewhat here. Um, can you give our listeners some specific tips on what should and should not be included on the website homepage for a law firm? Yes, um, and that's a good question, Jared. Um, one of the really critical things to understand is that when people are searching, and this is just overall statistics, when people are searching on the internet for a product or services, typically what they do is they go to Google, they type in their search term, they click on you know the first the link to the first thing that they think is interesting, and go to that okay. website. And now, once people are there, they, the studies have shown that a website has between about three and 14 seconds to resonate with a person. And it's probably a lot closer to three than it is to 14 seconds. Yep. And so what, what lawyers need to understand is that if you only have you know, three seconds or maybe even 14 seconds, you don't have enough time 
to, uh, you know, to create all these great messages about why they should choose your firm rather than the guys down the street. And so what we encourage people to do instead is instead of focusing on the text, focus instead on the resonation. Use large images. The images, again, should be really focused on the client needs. You know, if you're a personal injury attorney, for instance, maybe you have a large image talking about how you hire accident reconstructionists to help advance their case. Mm -hmm. So you're focusing on things that are really going to be important to them. So just, again, sort of three sort of simple things are, number one, use large images that are focused on client issues. Number two, develop simple key messages that address their concerns. And number three, don't overload the homepage with too much text. I would say, you know, 200 words is maybe a good guideline. But the reality is, is that if you put on too much text on the homepage, users aren't going to want to read it all. If they look at it and it makes their head hurt just even thinking about reading it, <laughs> what they do is they... They they do what all of us do. You know, you click on the back button on your browser as fast as you can and go back to Google and go to the next item on the search results list. Yep, absolutely. That That's a good three-point check down that's fairly simple for people to get their heads around. And images are the new words anyway, right? Nobody reads Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, your website's not doing much, however, unless people are going to be able to find you. And preferably, those are paying clients. So now without dropping too much technical knowledge on us here, how does an attorney ensure that people are going to find the website? Well, the the key is search engine optimization or what's called SEO. Um, SEO or search engine optimization is basically things that you can do to help your website get higher rankings through doing things like uh, the meta tags and the code, getting internal or getting external links. In other words, links from other websites. You can do things like frequently blog. That'll help your rankings um, get higher in the search results because Google likes websites that are updated frequently. You can put video on your website because Google loves video. Um, If we remember, uh, Google owns YouTube. And their thinking really, I think, is based upon people want to see content a lot of times um, in the form of video, not just written text. But one of the one of the, the key things, um, Jared, that I would emphasize for, for listeners is that in about two thirds of all search results, users don't go past the first page. Users will click on a link on the first page. Yep. So right away, yep. if your if your website is shown on the first page, um, you're going to receive a disproportionately high amount of traffic on the internet. And if your website isn't on the first page, then about two-thirds of the time, you won't be seen or you won't be considered for the work. And a fundamental aspect of search engine optimization that a lot of times um, lawyers don't realize is that in ranking law firm websites, Google doesn't care at all about, you know, how many awards you've won, how long you practice, how many attorneys are at your firm. They don't care that everybody in the legal community recognizes you as being the clear, uh, the, the clearly the best lawyer in a particular practice area. They don't care about any of these kind of things. Um, what I would encourage users to do is there's a lot of good books, um, even even the dummies books and things like that on search engine optimization, 
There's a lot of content on the website about search engine optimization. And um, I would encourage your users, if they don't know about search engine optimization, to maybe find out some more information because the basics of, of SEO really are not that technical. But it's really critical, I think, to be able to, to get your website on the first page to understand how, how the search engines work and what types of things will be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for those interested, we have previously done a podcast on search engine optimization topics, which you can check out in our archives if you happen to be listening on uh, Legal Talk Network's page. Um, Jeff, this has been great, enlightening. Um, I think we learned that the thing to do is to put the trophies on the shelf and focus on what clients are looking for. So you've given us some great stuff today. Unfortunately, however, we're out of time. We've reached the end of yet another episode of Legal Toolkit. Remember, though, that you can check out all of our shows anytime you want at LegalTalkNetwork.com. So our thanks today goes out to Jeff Lance of Esquire Interactive for taking the time to drop by our virtual studio. Now, Jeff, if any of our listeners want to find out more about you and what you do, how would they go about doing so? Um, they can go to our website at www.esquireinteractive.com. Great. And uh, also, as Heidi mentioned, you want to pick up Jeff's uh, books from the ABA. There are some great ABA authors on this podcast today. I'll tell you that. So thanks one more time, Jeff. And uh, thanks to everybody out there online for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Heidi and Jared for their next podcast, covering the current business trends for law firms. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.